Well, good morning and Merry Christmas today. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor, and it's so good to have Yule with us today. Don't worry, there's plenty more where that came from. We're so glad to have you guys with us at the gathering today. Today is Christmas Eve. It is one of my all-time favorite days of the year. Uh, I, I go all out for Christmas. I love it. I used to put my tree up on October 31st because I was ready to get married. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, we, you know, uh, we, we love Christmas here at the Gathering Church. And so uh, I wanted to let you know if today is your first time joining us, uh, that, man, we're so glad you're here. We started this church in February of 2016. Uh, we'll be celebrating our second birthday this February. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you something. If you weren't here last year, something you need to know about me also is I throw a good birthday party. And the pe- I don't have anything to do with it. The good folks on our creative team throw a great birthday party. And so you guys are going to want to be here for that coming up in February. But we've been here for two years. And here's the thing I want to let you know uh, if it's your first time joining us today. When we were dreaming about what would happen here, what, 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 what we would do, and why would we go to Asheville to start a brand new church, we had a dream for what this church was going to be. And we did not come here to start another church for church people to attend. We did not come here to start another church for people to go to on Easter and Christmas to be comfortable and fit into a routine. We didn't come here to start another church to entertain you or provide a seat for you to sit in and then leave abruptly on Sunday mornings a couple times a month. See, we came here for a very specific purpose. We came here to create a clear pathway on a spiritual journey. We came here, we felt called to this place to start this church here so that we could, in the clearest and simplest way possible, provide an easy pathway for you to become the person you were created to be. And so at the Gathering Church, we're fixated on authentic community, on people really knowing one another, and we are focused on walking a clear, defined, spiritual pathway to discover our purpose and make a difference in the life we were created to live. That's who we are here at the Gathering. And if this is your first time joining us, I wanted to let you know that that's what you can find in this place. If you've got your Bibles with you this morning, open up to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, as we look at the Christmas story in my favorite version today. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Isn't that good this morning? Isn't God's word good all on its own? Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, I want to I title today's message, Let There Be Light. Let there be light. Light, Because I believe that the Christmas story for us this year is a story about light conquering darkness. It's been a dark year, hasn't it? 2017 feels like 
one of the darkest years in recent memory. We had mass shootings all across the country, like the one in Vegas, starting to feel more and more commonplace on our news outlets. Natural disasters like hurricanes and wildfires have claimed thousands of homes and hundreds of lives this year. And culturally, it's beginning to feel like we've lost something, like, like, like we're a little bit lonelier. Culturally, we're more depressed. We're feeling a little bit more anxiety. It's starting to feel like we're living in a season of unprecedented darkness. And through it all, I think we need some light this Christmas. I think that for our Christmas story this year, maybe even just a little bit, we need just a little bit of light. Because it's amazing what a little bit of light can do in the darkest places, isn't it? Just one flame in a dark room can make such an impact. And the darker the room, the bigger the impact that little light has. Because in darkness, we freeze. In darkness, we, are, we have fear. We stumble. We fall. But when there is light, we have freedom. Light brings that little bit of hope we need in the darkest night. Light brings peace. Light brings us comfort. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I had a nightlight in my room. Many of you probably had the same thing going on. I had a nightlight over in the corner of the room, and it was because I had this innate, unlearned fear of the darkness. It was inside of me. I, I, but that tiny little light, just that one little plug-in light over in the corner, made me feel like everything was going to be all right. I mean, in the dark room, I was terrified, petrified, couldn't move, couldn't sleep, couldn't rest. But if that one little light bulb, that five-watt bulb was on over in the corner, I had the comfort that I needed, the peace that I needed to make it to the morning. I could rest with just a little bit of light in the room. Now, some of you guys probably, maybe some of you guys still do sleep with a nightlight in your room. And, uh, but I think as we get older, that's less because we're afraid of the dark and more because we have to get up to pee a lot. You don't want to fall on stuff. Same principle applies. A little bit of light makes a big difference. So maybe we need a little bit of light in our darkness on this Christmas Eve. Just a little bit. Just enough to bring us the peace we need to get the rest that we so desperately want. It doesn't take a Bible scholar to see that light and darkness is a major theme of the Bible. It's everywhere in there. I was searching through it this past week and found enough content for a six-week series. I'll spare you that for now. I was going to try to get it all in in one message today, uh, but they told me we couldn't do a three-hour service this Christmas Eve, so I apologize. Instead, I'll share with you the most important thing that I found. Now, when I was in Bible college, they taught us how to read the Bible. It was like three whole classes just on how to read the Bible well. And one of the things that we studied were all these different laws about how to read the Bible for all, all it was worth, uh, different rules that we would follow in order to study it. And one of those laws was the law of first mention. Now, the law of first mention in theology states that when you're studying the Bible, if you want to understand a doctrine in its purest form, if you want to study a subject in its clearest way, you really want to know what it means in context, that you need to go back to the first time it was mentioned in Scripture. Because there you'll get the, the most pure form of this doctrine. When it's introduced, it's introduced with clarity. 
And so I decided to study uh, and look for the first mention of light and darkness in the Bible. I had no idea where I would find it. I, I took me, it took me months to come to this conclusion. You guys know where I found it? In the beginning. In the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. If you're not familiar with the Bible, it opens with this beautiful poem of creation. And in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And God saw that light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. See, from the very beginning, from the opening line, God set out to bring light into the darkness, to overwhelm the darkness of this world with good light. The very first recorded words that God spoke in this story between God and man was, let there be light. See, God has had this plan to bring light to the darkness since the very beginning. And Jesus is the very center of this plan. In John 12, chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. As in Christmas exists, the point of Christmas, the reason we celebrate, the reason that it means something was because Jesus came to bring people who were still in darkness into his good light. Jesus came to bring light. And we celebrate Christmas just a couple days after the winter solstice, the darkest time of the year. There's a lot of reasons why Christmas is on December 25th, the least of which being that Jesus was actually born that day. But one of those reasons revolved around this winter solstice, and the church decided they would join in on the festivities here as if to remind the world that even in the darkest days, there is light coming. Jesus exists to bring light into the world. Now we know the Christmas story according to Matthew and Luke, the familiar nativity scene. Maybe you've got one set up in your house and we love this story that's described there. The, the Virgin Mary receives word from an angel that she'll become pregnant and that it will be Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah come to save the world. And she calls Joseph and says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And Joseph says, what? And then they go to Bethlehem. And they don't find a, a hotel anywhere. And so they go to a stable and they have the baby and they lay him in a dirty feeding trough just filled full of animal spit. You just got to picture that. And then, and then the shepherds come. The least wanted people in the whole area are the ones that God says, you got to come celebrate my son's birth today. And then the wise men show up and they worship and they bring gifts and they acknowledge that this king is the one king who is the king of kings. And it's a wonderful story. In fact, I used to always think that the way the Gospels were presented in the Bible was we had the Christmas story and Matthew and Luke's Gospel and then Mark's Gospel and John's Gospel opened up with Jesus as an adult. But I was studying John earlier this year and I realized that John tells the Christmas story. In fact, John tells a Christmas story differently than everybody else. His gospel is my favorite gospel because he tells everything differently than everybody else. But in the Christmas story, 
John decided to show us that there was more than the physical event of Jesus' birth. That more was happening than a baby being born in an unusual way, in a humble surrounding, lying in a manger. See, John wanted us to realize that in that moment, that at the same time that this baby was coming forth into the world, something spiritually significant was happening. Something new, something unprecedented, something that every single person needed. So let's look at his gospel and let's read his Christmas story again this morning. Look at John chapter 1 with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John opens up his gospel with the same language as the Genesis poem. He wants us to make the connection. It's intentional. He wants us to realize that what happened on this day is the culmination of what happened all those years ago. That in the same sentence where he said, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light. In the same way, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God and the Word was with God. Jesus didn't begin on Christmas morning. Jesus didn't begin in a stable, in a barn. Jesus was with God in the beginning. There was always a plan for redemption. God had been planning to come for you since the beginning of creation. In the beginning was the Word. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. What a beautiful word of Scripture. Because here's what Jesus has in store for you. He doesn't want you to live a life that is anything less than the life that is truly life. That's why he came. He came to bring light so that our darkness would be separated from light, that we might have true life. And in verse 5, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you need to be reminded this morning that the darkness has not overcome it? Do you need to be reminded that the light can shine through the darkness? That there is no darkness so dark that it cannot be penetrated by light? Do you need this version of the Christmas story this morning? Have you forgotten? Maybe in all the busyness and the shopping and the Christmas specials and all of it, have you forgotten that in this Christmas story comes true light? Does it feel like the darkness in your life could never be overcome, could never be defeated? Do you need to be reminded today that in Jesus is a light that will shine even in your darkness? Do you need to be reminded that even your darkness cannot overcome this light? And we need this Christmas story this morning. We all do. Because we've all struggled with some form of darkness haven't we? It's all either in us or around us. We've all been touched by it. I've struggled with darkness. I had rooted deep inside of me for so long this deep, bitter, biting depression, this low self-value, this voice in my head that constantly whispered, you are worthless. You bring more pain than joy into this world. 
you will never be enough. But I have found a light that overwhelms that darkness. Have you today? Maybe for you, your darkness comes in the form of a crippling anxiety or a fear of failure, a fear of the perception of others, a fear of everything, a fear seated in the lack of control in your life. Maybe for you, your darkness is in your marriage. Maybe this year's not been a good one in your household, and you're not really sure what next year holds, and it feels hopeless and broken and dark. Maybe you're experiencing darkness and the pain of loss this Christmas. Perhaps the holidays feel like they'll never be the same for you because of a difficult goodbye that came too soon. And you're not really sure how to make it through this season because in this darkness you feel like you cannot see your way forward. Maybe it's your finances. There's just more bills than money. And this time of year is especially a reminder of that. And you've not told anybody of it, and you're wrestling in it, and honestly, you just feel like you're out in the woods at night without a flashlight, lost in the dark. Maybe it's bitterness. Someone wronged you in some way that you just cannot forgive this Christmas season. But instead of your bitterness bringing you restitution for this offense, all it's doing is creating more darkness in your life, creating a root that's leading you towards more pain and into greater darkness. Maybe it's addiction, a silent addiction that nobody knows about but you. But it's eating you up inside. And all you want for Christmas is to be free from it. Or maybe for you, it's spiritual darkness. You've resisted the light for too long. You've had a laundry list of reasons why it wasn't for you. And you know that there's this need in your life to walk a spiritual pathway to fulfillment in the light. But you just won't. Usually you start to feel darkness from this, from sin in your life that you're still carrying. Oh, we all sin. Everybody's got sin. I've got sin. Everybody's got sin. But the difference is I've got someone I can give it to. I don't have to carry it. You don't have to bear the guilt and shame of your sin this morning. You don't have to walk a single day further in darkness. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11 is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It's a beautiful story. It begins with a woman who is caught in the act of adultery, an offense punishable by death in her culture. And the religious leaders, they find her in this situation and they drag her out of bed, half clothed, and throw her in the middle of the street in broad daylight to receive her judgment. And they decide to trap Jesus in this moment. And they say to him, knowing that he knows the law, but also knowing that he's compassionate. Jesus, you know what our laws say. This woman should be stoned to death. What do you say? And Jesus, being who he is, knelt down and looked at her in the eyes. Whispered something to her. Wrote something to her in the sand. So personal that the author didn't even record it. And he stands up and he looks out at all the people angry in the crowd and says, if any of you is without sin, let him throw the first stone. Nobody's without sin. So one by one, they walk away and leave the situation. And Jesus helps this woman stand up, brushes her off a little bit, looks her in the eyes, 
And he says, where are your accusers? And she says, they don't condemn me. They've gone. And he says, neither then do I condemn you. Leave your life of sin. It's a beautiful story. It's one of the most perfect pictures of redemption that we get in the Gospels. I love it because it's my story. I love it because I know what it feels like to be seen by Jesus, to be wanted by him, to be desired, to be forgiven in a way that I never should have been. And it's a wonderful story, but I never read the next verse after that along with it, right? Great pastoring, right? Uh, but you know, my Bible's got the paragraphs, and so it's got the breaks, and that, that next verse was in a different paragraph, so I just didn't count. You don't read it all together, at least I didn't. I never noticed this before until this week I was studying this passage, and I saw John chapter 8, verse 12. It's the same moment. Jesus releases this woman, tells her to leave her life of sin, and then he turns to the crowd and it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, he looks out at the crowd and he says, I did it for her and I can do it for you. I did it for her and I can do it for you. You don't have to walk in darkness anymore either. She got light she knows her path forward. She can see it. I can do the same thing for you. Now, maybe you're thinking, is it really that easy? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> you can have light today. You can have light in your darkness. It may take some time to find freedom from all the darkness in your life, but you would be amazed at the wonder one little flame can do, the hope it can bring the joy you might experience for the first time in a long time. Maybe you follow Jesus and you're in a season of darkness. Let me encourage you. Don't forget there's a light in the room. Don't forget that there is just enough light to bring you the rest you so deeply desire, the peace you so desperately need today. Because without that light, your darkness would be a whole lot darker. So cling to it. Huddle around it. Cherish it. It will offer you hope. I found this light. I struggled with this serious depression from middle school till I was 21. And when I was 21, all I could see was darkness. In fact, one night, feeling I would never see light again, I attempted to take my own life. In darkness, we're blind. We can't see reality. We can't see truth. But one month later, I made the decision to let the light in. I gave my life to Jesus. And it changed everything. Everything. I, I, I still struggled with depression. It's not a get out of jail free card. I still struggled with depression for the next year where I worked hard to find freedom from it. And your results may vary. But listen to this. Here's one thing I can promise you. It's easier to struggle through darkness when you have the light to lead you through it. Because sometimes, you know, all you need is a little bit of hope to get to the other side of that darkness. When it's dark, you, you've got no path, no way forward. But one little light can change that, can change everything for you. It did for me. 
and it can for you too. Just like Jesus turning to that crowd and saying, I did it for her and I can do it for you. He did it for me. He can do it for you. He did it for me. He gave me light. He showed, he showed light to my darkness. He showed me a way forward. He showed me that my life had purpose, that I was created for a reason. You were created for a reason. You're not an accident. Your life has purpose. You have purpose. You were given gifts and abilities that nobody has but you. And he wants to make you come alive in that purpose. That's what his light can do for you. That's the difference that it can make. You can be free from darkness this morning because he's come that you might have the light of life. Here's your message for Christmas this morning. Let there be light. I was studying for this message this week and I decided to look let up in the dictionary because pastors have too much free time. And I decided to look up let in the dictionary. What a silly thing to do. I was reaching. But I decided to, to look up let in the dictionary. And you know what I found? Definition number five. To permit to enter. Amen, Websters. Come on, I was having church in the dictionary this week, you guys. To permit to enter. Wow, that is so good because here's the thing about lights. In my house, all the lights have a switch. And I can walk in that room right past that switch, make no decision to turn it on, and I will step on a Lego at some point in that pathway. Or I could make a decision. I could make a decision to permit light to enter that room. And so maybe you're in darkness today. Maybe Christmas hasn't been so merry for you this year. But I want to assure you that it doesn't have to go outside of this room. That you can turn the lights on. That this whole season happened so that you can let there be light in your darkness. That's the, that's the message of Christmas. Christmas is a season of hope and it's a season of hope for this reason and for this purpose. Because the darkness has not overcome it. That's the message we need this year. The Christmas story is this story of Jesus coming to separate the light from the darkness. You need to let him do that for you today. And so I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you. Because I may not know you, but I'll bet you've seen some darkness this year. And what I want to pray for you this morning is that you would permit the light to enter. That you would let there be light on your Christmas. That tomorrow morning when you wake up, you'd be full of joy, not because of the presents downstairs, although I hope they're good for you, but because of the one inside your heart. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this season, God. We thank you so much for this day, for what it means, God, for, for Christmas Eve, God, for the anticipation and the expectation of Christmas Eve when all the darkness would rise up and do everything that it could to defeat the light. But we know that the darkness cannot overcome the light. We thank you for Christmas morning, God, the day that changed everything forever. We thank you that you've given us access to your light, God, that you've given us access to peace to comfort, to purpose this morning. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for showing me light, for rescuing me, Father. And Lord, that's my prayer for any person in here this morning in desperate need of your light, that you would call them to yourself.
that you would welcome them in today, Father. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.